Psalm 37. And tonight we're going to read two verses that are common to us. We've heard them before, but yet they, they have a message that's so powerful to us as believers. In Psalm chapter 37, really one of the most powerful psalms in the Bible, a psalm of David, in verse 23 and 24, David, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Amen, amen, and amen. Hallelujah. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit didn't say the steps of a a self-righteous man are ordered by the Lord. He didn't say the steps of a religious man. He didn't say the steps of a perfect man, but he said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And tonight, by God's help, we're going to deal with this, these verses. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just come before you tonight in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you that, God, you're here tonight, Jesus. Lord, the river is here tonight, Jesus. And Lord, that river is here to touch. That river is here to change. Lord, to minister, Lord Jesus. And I pray that, Lord, that you would continue, Lord, to minister to your people. God, touch us tonight. We need your help. We need your strength. We need your encouragement, Lord. And Father, we ask it all in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Several hundred years ago, there was a man by the name of John Calvin. You might have heard of him before. He was, he's considered a second-generation reformer. He followed the lives of men like Martin Luther, the men that you've heard of. Maybe you've heard of Ulrich Zwingli in Switzerland or John Huss. These great first-generation reformers, John Calvin was in Switzerland, and he came after them. And he continued the Reformation, just one of the people that God used to continue the Reformation in Europe in the 1500s. God used these men like John Calvin, Martin Luther, and others, John Huss, John Knox, and many others like them in a powerful way, in a way that we can't even fathom. And God used them to preach the message, justification by faith, that we are justified by faith in Christ alone. Now, most of what people know about John Calvin is his error as it concerns predestination and his error as it concerns unconditional eternal security. And yes, it was error. He was wrong. But he did have one message right, and that was the message of justification by faith. And the light that he did have in that time of darkness of, the, uh, of air that the Roman Catholic Church had in that time, the light that he did have shone like a lighthouse. Hallelujah. Because that is the message that sets people free. Justification by faith that we are saved by grace, saved by faith in Jesus Christ and him crucified. Hallelujah. And he had that message. 
And God used the man in a great and mighty way. And yes, some of his doctrine was wrong. But the light that he did have, God used him in an incredible way. John Calvin, during that time, the Lord led him to go uh, to Geneva, Switzerland. And in 1541, the Lord led him there with his family. And John Calvin just simply did not want to go. He wrestled, uh, history says that he wrestled with the Lord for about 10 months, and he just simply did not want to go to Geneva, Switzerland, because at that time, Geneva, Switzerland was one of the most wicked cities in Europe. It was, it was a, a, a lawless city, a city that, that, that every form of wickedness you could imagine uh, took place. Just men did whatever they wanted to. Everything, anything that they wanted to in their own eyes, what they did. It was a wicked city. And the Lord was leading him to go to that city, this wicked city, Geneva, and John Calvin just simply did not want to go. Have you ever uh, uh, been led to go somewhere, but you just simply did not want to go? And John Calvin didn't want to go there. Wrestled the Lord for 10 months and basically said, I'm not, I can't, I'm not going to that city, Geneva. Well, finally, he obeyed the Lord and he went in 1541. You see, John Calvin had no idea what the Lord was going to do in the city of Geneva. He had no comprehension at that time that the Lord was ordering his steps. The Lord was directing the course of his life. He had no comprehension of it at that moment, but God, the, the, the sovereign God was ordering his steps because God would eventually cause Geneva to be the center of Reformation teaching in Europe for at least for the next 40 years to 200 years. He had no idea that the Lord was ordering his steps. You see, sometimes in our life, we have no idea at, the, at that very moment, but, we, but God is ordering our steps. God is planning things for us. He's getting things ready for us. That at that very moment, we can't see it in the natural, but God is doing it. A sovereign God, he's getting things ready. Hallelujah. He's getting things ready. He's getting you ready for what he has for you up ahead. Hallelujah. He's getting, he's getting you prepared. He's getting the whole scenario prepared. Because God is God. And God is in control. Hallelujah. Well, that's been flowing through my spirit all week long. God is God, and he's God all by himself. Hallelujah. God is God, and he's God all by himself. God is in the heavens, the psalmist says, and he does whatsoever he desires. Hallelujah. God does whatever he wants to do. Why? It's because he's God. And you and I serve that God. Hallelujah. We serve the creator. We don't serve Allah or some, uh, some false god. We serve the God. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and that's the God that you serve. 
The God that created everything, the God that sent his son Jesus to die on the cross, that's the God that you serve, and that God that you serve tonight is in control. Hallelujah. He's in control of everything without, without violating our free will, without handling us like a bunch of puppets on a string. God is in control. And even in those times that we feel and we look in the natural, how in the world could God have anything to do with this? God is still working out his plan. Somebody say amen. God's still working out his plan. If you look back in your life, you will realize that God was getting you ready for this moment now. Hallelujah. God is getting people, he's getting us ready right now for what he has up ahead. God is in control. John Calvin had no idea that God would use him to raise up a city that would be a place that the, ju- the message of justification by faith would be taught to evangelists, to preachers, to teachers, and literally by the thousands they would go from Geneva all over Europe and preach the message of justification by faith. That message to us today is, uh, is common ground. It's, it's simple. We, we have that message, but at that time, that message was far in between. Not many had that message. A very different spiritual climate that you and I live today. But God used him. And eventually that city, Geneva, that at one time was a wicked city, a lawless city, a corrupt city, God used one man to turn the whole thing around. Why? It's because God had a plan. God was ordering his steps. He was ordering his steps. Sometimes, again, in our life, it doesn't, we cannot fathom. We cannot even imagine what God is doing, how God can take our mess and use it for his glory, but God can because he's God. Hallelujah. He can because he's God. It's the most, one of the most precious things for a little child, I believe, to ask a grown-up, when was God born? Those of you raised in church or raised, say, most of your life, do you remember, ever remember a time when your life, when you, when you thought, I wonder where, when God was born? I remember when I was a little boy asking my mother that. Mom, when was God born? I wanted to know. I know this is simple tonight. This is a simple point right now. But if you don't have the simplicity of God's word, you don't really have anything. I said, God, when was, uh, Mom, when was God born? I want to know. And my mother just said, well, God was never born. He's always been. And my, my little four-year-old boy herself I said, okay, all right, I'll accept that. Big deal, I guess guess that's it. God was never born, God's always been God. God is God, hallelujah. You serve God tonight. Geneva, the city that the Lord sent John Calvin to, 
became, as I mentioned, it became one of the leading centers for training preachers and, 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 and laymen, those that would go forth in all Europe to preach the message of justification by faith. And it became, it became such a center at that time for, for the promotion, you could say, of the message of justification, the message of salvation. At that, that, that time, the Roman Catholic Church, the leaders of it, and several kings of Europe at that time, they had planned to totally destroy Geneva because they said if we could destroy Geneva, we could stop this heresy of the Reformation. That's how influential it was. If we could destroy this place, we could stop the whole thing. But as history records, the Catholic Church never did it because they couldn't do it because that city had become God's city because God sent a man there that would preach the message of justification by faith and the devil couldn't stop God's work. You see, Jesus said, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Understand this tonight, that the message that is going forth from this platform, from this ministry, is being heard. It's God's message, and the devil can't stop it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's God's message, and it doesn't matter what the devil does. He can't stop it. The message is going forth. And God's word shall not return void. It shall accomplish that which God sent it out to do. And understand this tonight, that people are hearing the message of the cross. As, as Donnie Bladani alluded to this morning, that message is going forth. Even from the most unusual sources, it's getting out. And people are hearing it. And the devil can't stop it. Hallelujah. The devil can't stop the message of the cross from going forth. Hallelujah. And this message is changing lives. I said it's changing lives. You and I, I I know it, I know it, I know it. You and I don't really realize how big this thing is. We can't even fathom how big this message is, how big this work is. I'm not talking about uh, necessarily Jimmy Swaggart Ministries because the message goes or, or is bigger than the messenger. I said the message is bigger than the messenger. This message is huge. It's, it's God's message for these last days. You and I can't even fathom what God is doing. You see, I believe with all my heart that we're living right, that, that right now, that right now, we're at the very beginning of a reformation. Right now, we're at the very beginning of a reformation. Oh, yes, there's so much in the church that are believing error. And understand this, it will always be that way. It will always be that way. The majority will always uh, be in error. But the minority that God has, the remnant, will receive the message. Hallelujah. And I believe right now there's a reformation that's beginning because the message is going forth. Oh, the message is going forth. Hallelujah. It's going forth and the devil 
can't stop it. Just like he could not stop the Reformation 500 years ago. He can't stop this thing. This train is going straight forward. And the devil can't stop this train. Hallelujah. Oh, watch out, devil. Here comes, here comes the cross. Here comes the message. This gospel train. It will run over Satan. It will run over every religious person that gets in the way. This gospel train will run over every religious organization that tries to stop it. Oh, hallelujah. You can't stop this thing. Why? It's because it's God. It's God. It's God. And you can't stop God. You can't stop the Lord. Hallelujah. My Lord Jesus, I'm I'm getting blessed tonight. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You can't stop this thing. And I praise the Lord. I praise the Lord. I praise the Lord. I praise the Lord. God, not to lift up this place, not to exalt this place the way it should not be, but I thank the Lord that I'm here. I thank the Lord that God's given me a gift. And being here, hallelujah. Oh, God took a nobody from New York, Syracuse, New York. God took a nobody from Syracuse, New York, brought me here to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, established me here. And I have no, at that time, I had no idea why. Now I know. Hallelujah. Because of the message. Hallelujah. And God has great plans in store. Hallelujah. The devil couldn't stop that message from going forth. See, not only did God use Geneva of that day 500 years ago to be a center for training others to go out and preach the message of justification by faith, but you know, the the Lord used that city of Geneva, and a lot could be said about the history of what happened, but the Lord used that city and the message that was preached to the reformers of that day God used that city to become a place of refuge for Christian refugees of that day. You see, like I said, that day was very different from our day today. In that day, there were were Christians from Europe that were experiencing persecution all over the place. Persecution for what? Persecution for having a Bible. Persecution for even quoting the Scripture. Persecution for even claiming the name of Jesus. You and I have a wonderful freedom today in this country. A wonderful freedom to have God's word freely that we can read, that we can study, that we can hear. A wonderful freedom. But in that day, people were being persecuted for what you and I are experiencing right now. And as people, as believers, or being persecuted in, other, in, in various parts of Europe, the main place of refuge for them physically was the city of Geneva. And Christian refugees by the thousands flocked to Geneva if they could make it. Because Geneva was a place that they could worship God freely. They could talk about Jesus Christ and the cross and not be persecuted over it. It was a place where the weary could come and be refreshed. It was a place for those that had been worn out or a place for those that were just hungry for more, that they could come and receive the truth 
of mess, the message of justification by faith and the teaching of God's word, they could come there. The great reformer John Knox, the Scottish reformer John Knox one time was going, traveling through that area and he stopped at Geneva and he said that Geneva was the closest place the, 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 the closest thing to heaven and the early church that he had ever seen because believers were finding refuge. I believe that God is raising up this network, this church. I believe God's doing it and God has done it. He's doing it as in a way a modern day Geneva. Hallelujah. A modern day Geneva that people might hear the message and that people might come as a place of refuge, not just physically. But see, there are many right now, right, I mean, right now, that are listening over the radio, watching over the internet, and the internet and that radio is their place of refuge. That's it, yes. It's their place of refuge. Oh, I know you have the message tonight. I know you know it. But there are so many that don't. There are so many that are hungry. There are so many that are weary, that have been persecuted. And they want, they long, they hunger, they long for a place of refuge, a place that they can be refreshed, a place that they can hear the truth. Without all the garbage, without all the charismatic chaos, without all that stuff, they can just hear the truth. Not man, but the truth. And God has did that 500 years ago in Geneva. I believe that God's doing it again today. You see, God was ordering Calvin's steps. He had no comprehension of what God would do. God, in this ministry, God was ordering the steps this ministry over the last 60 years. <laughs> God was ordering the steps of Brother Swaggart. God was ordering his steps of Brother Donnie and those, the preacher. God was ordering their steps to bring us to this point now, to have the message of the cross. Hallelujah. To have this message that changes lives, that saves the sinner and sets free the saint. A place of refuge. Never take it for granted. Can I encourage you tonight to never take it for granted? Psalmist David, he said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. You may, tonight, you may say, well, Brother Bob, well, yeah, this, this is good for preachers, and yeah, I can see how it applies to preachers, how God would guide their steps, but what about me? What about me in the pew? You see, the scripture says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He didn't say the steps of a preacher are ordered by the Lord. He didn't say the steps of one who stands behind the pulpit are ordered by the Lord, but he said the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And the word good in the Hebrew here is not the normal word for man, or man, I mean the word man is not the normal word for man here. The word good is actually not even a text in the Hebrew. It just says the steps of a man are ordered by the Lord. And the Hebrew word man here, it implies a strong man, a righteous man, a triumphant man, a warrior. It was used of David's mighty men. The steps of a mighty man are ordered by the Lord. 
The steps of a strong woman are ordered by the Lord, of a good woman, of a righteous woman are ordered by the Lord. But the question is tonight, what makes you, what makes me a good man? What makes me a righteous man, a mighty man, a a valiant man, a triumphant man? What makes you a strong person in whom God orders your steps? What makes us that? Well, the answer is simply the blood of Jesus. You see, it's the blood of Jesus that makes me, that makes you what you are. Even though you may not realize it, but in the eyes of God, you are a strong man. You are strong. You are mighty. You're an overcomer in Christ. You are righteous. You and I are righteous in Christ. In Christ, we are everything we need to be. Hallelujah. In Christ, we are. In Christ. You may on the outside, you may look, you may feel, you may act like a loser, but in Jesus, you're a winner. Hallelujah. If you're in Christ, you're a winner. My Lord. Hallelujah. And he said, the steps of a righteous man the steps of a good man, the steps ultimately of one who is in Christ Jesus are ordered by the Lord. The course of my life, the course of your life, God has got it all in control. From the beginning to the end, God sees it. And God, as as the scripture has said, he has ordered our steps. He has established our steps. He has planned it all. God has got it all in control. Hallelujah. He's got it all in control. And the fact of the matter is this, is that God knew, God knows what's going to happen in our life before we ever experience it. God knows what's going to happen. God sees our failure. He knows about our failure before we even fail. God knows about it. And God has a plan of escape, Jesus. God sees every victory. He sees every experience that we have in life because God goes before us. God has got it in control. Your steps tonight have been ordered by God. Hallelujah. Your steps tonight for the rest of your life are ordered by the Lord. Even your failures, even your mishaps, even your mess, God has it all in control. Why is this so important? Because every single one of us are going to mess up sometimes. Every single one of us need to know that God has got my life right in the palm of his hand. And nothing happens in my life without God allowing it. And And even when I fail, God's still in control. Even when I mess up, God's still in control. Even when you and I allow the devil to steal, kill, and destroy, and steal and take from us. God's bigger, he's more powerful than the enemy, and he's able to restore. 
that which, God, that which, that which the enemy's taken from us. It's a remarkable thing how the devil can steal, kill, and destroy from God's people. But because God is God, and because of what Jesus Christ did at Calvary, God is able to bring back and restore what the enemy stole and bring us to a point where we're better now than we were before. Hallelujah. Only God can do that. I said only God can do that. Have you ever lost something? Has the devil ever stolen from you? Maybe right now, tonight, you're in a situation where you need God to restore and to bring back that which the enemy has stolen. Tonight, God can. And when God restores, when God does it in his own godly way, God will do it and God can do it, and he will bring back and bring you to a a position and condition that was even better than before. Hallelujah. And again, only God can do that. Praise the Lord. He said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. And he said, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. The psalmist David, he said, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. And the idea is this, even though that good man, that good woman who is in Christ Jesus, who has the blood of Jesus on their life, even though they may fail in life, even though they may experience a time of distress and discouragement, all hope is not lost. God will not give up on his child. Hallelujah. God will never give up on his child. God never gave up on me. He never gave up on you. He won't give up on anyone. Hallelujah. He won't do it. There's hope for a tree even though it be cut down, the scripture says. He said, even though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. God won't cast him out when we fail. He won't cast us away. In reality, God's grip on us is tighter when we seem to stray away. God's grip is even tighter than we were before, than was before. God's grip on us is much stronger than our grip on him. And when we, in life, we seem to let go because of various circumstances, because of pressures of life, and we just let go, understand this, God is still has his hand on you. I said he still has his hand on you. You can wake up in the morning and recognize and know God's got his hand on me. Oh, I don't feel it right now. Oh, you may not feel it all the time, but you know it by faith that God has his hand on you. Hallelujah. The old song by Ira Stanfield says, there's many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know he holds my hand. I just want to I just want to read that verse this song to you. He says I don't I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. 
I don't borrow from its sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry over the future, for I know what Jesus said, and today I'll walk beside him, for he knows what is ahead. You see, God knows what's ahead. Hallelujah. He knows what's up ahead. He's this point where you're at right now, God was bringing you to this point. He's brought you here, and God's going to take you even farther. The third verse of that song says, I don't know about tomorrow. It may bring me poverty, but the one who feeds the sparrow is the one who stands by me. And the path that be my portion may be through the flame or flood, but his presence goes before me, but I'm covered in the blood. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. You and I may experience the flood. You and I may experience the fire, but we're covered in the blood of Jesus. Oh, the devil, Jesus said the devil can't pluck you out of God's hand. No man can pluck you out of God's hand. Hallelujah. God has his hand on your life. And that same hand that holds you is the same hand that protects you. It's the same hand that provides for you. Hallelujah. I know this is simple tonight. Oh, but that's God. God has his hand on us. He has his hand on you. And even though we may fail and mess it up sometimes and just make a complete mess of things, the God that has you right in the palm of his hand is able to fix everything. Jesus said that he came to heal the brokenhearted. The brokenhearted, those that have a piece of their heart over there, another piece over there. Another person person has another piece of their heart. Visa and MasterCard have another piece of their heart. But God's able to put it all together. Why? It's because he's God and the blood of Jesus that covers you, that has washed you clean from your sin. It's the same blood that can heal your broken heart, that can mend and can heal every disease, that can mend our brokenness. That hand that holds you tonight is able to get you out of debt. That hand, the wonderful cross of Christ, is able to give you victory over Visa. He's able to secure, he's able to help you in everything we, you and I have need of. That hand, if you and I could see ourselves tonight, would be right in the hand, the mighty, awesome hand of God. That's who we are tonight. Hallelujah. And nothing happens in your life by accident. God allows it all, and he allows it all for a purpose. Even when you and I mess it up, God didn't mess your life up. You did. And the devil did. Don't blame the Lord. God allowed it. But even in your mess, God can take it, reform it, and make it something so beautiful. Make it something so precious. Hallelujah. And he can turn your test into a testimony. He can use our failure and turn it around for his glory. Hallelujah. You see the book of Revelation, verse 10 says, they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. 
And as God brings us out of every mess we find ourselves in, God creates for us testimony upon testimony upon testimony upon testimony. At the end of our life, when we get to glory, we will be able to look back and recognize God was ordering my steps. And even in my times of discouragement, even when I felt like everything was out of control, God had it all in control. You see, tonight, our responsibility, my responsibility, your responsibility, is just to live by faith. Just to live with simple faith in God and what he's done for us at Calvary. Live by simple faith in God's word. Not sinlessly perfect faith, but the faith that you have is good enough. And God recognizes it. Hallelujah. If it's faith in Christ and his cross. And our responsibility is just to live by that. The just shall live by faith. And when you and I live by simple faith in God and what he's done for us at Calvary, do you realize that you and I have nothing to worry about? God will take care of everything. Even in our trials and our mishaps and in the flood that we, we, we experience, the trials that we experience, God will bring us through every single one. Hallelujah. And God will work it out for his glory and for our good. Praise the Lord.